You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked on ACC, another edition. We are in our last few weeks of three episodes a week, meaning in our offseason, but there is still time to get in all of the good content. We have so much exciting, so many exciting things happening in the ACC. Listen, we've got players of the year being announced. We got some baseball finally done. We're moving on NC State, but we're all excited to gear up for what should be a great ACC kickoff for football. And there's a lot of good talk around these young players who are set to do some big things. And I'm joined today by my Locked on Syracuse host, Tyler Aki. He's going to talk me through some of the preseason um, hype, right? Is it a little overshadowed, people being overshadowed, underrated, all that good stuff. We'll talk about that on today's show. Tyler, how is it going? It's going great. I mean, it feels like 4th of July. Once you get past 4th of July, you can kind of, you can tell football's right around the corner, right? Like that's the point we're at right now. And that's for me, one of the best parts of the summer is knowing that football is around the corner finally. Absolutely. And listen, if you want to hear anything about the ACC, there's no better place than to hear it right here. For all the ACC conference news, the Locked on ACC podcast is hosted by me with my five co-hosts every single day. You can get it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So today's episode is going to be a lot about football because we are getting pumped. Fourth of July was great. But the thick of things, we've got to figure out just who is sitting at the top, who is kind of flirting their way down the bottom. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's some surprises and some that were like, of course, but of course, we're on the highs and watch. And one person who is certainly sitting at the top right now, he is the eighth, the preseason ACC Offensive Player of the Year already. We got DJ Ugalay. Mm, there it is. DJ Ugalele. That was it. Yeah, I've been working on it, but it's not. I think you're close. You're close. Listen, (laughs) no one's good with it. No one's good with it. I'm okay. I'm okay okay in my truth. I'm not perfect. When it comes to names, I'll try and I'll like practice. I'll even YouTube like how to say it so you can hear the pronunciation. And then I get up, get on the mic and I'm like, yep, butchered it (laughs) every single time. That's just the way it goes, but it's fine. I I walk in my truth. I don't know if... They have a YouTube tutorial on how to say DJ Uyunglele's name, but that does not mean he is not a fantastic quarterback because he's got ginormous shoes to fill. But I feel like people are kind of sleeping on DJ because Hmm. you think about it. He's still a five star recruit at the end of the day. He's not Trevor Lawrence. He's not coined the next Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning type of guy, but these five-star quarterbacks that roll through Clemson Clemson are no joke. And it just feels like he's the next in line. I thought he was fantastic in that Notre Dame game last year. Unfortunately, the defense could not step up. But think about the, the magnitude of the start he had to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, a top 10 team going up against you, a true freshman. You're on the road at Notre Dame. There are fans in the stands. One of the few places that you're going to go up against fans And he went out and I can't remember the exact final score, but he put up, I think, almost 40 points Mm -hmm. and led the team to overtime. So to me, listen, I think that DJ Uyunglele is fantastic. One of the best quarterbacks in the ACC. Now, I don't know if he can give Sam Howell a run for his money, but Mm -hmm. listen, when Howell leaves, 
he is going to be the new face of what the ACC is because you look at some of the other players that are hovering around his caliber at the quarterback position right now. It's Howell, it's Derek King, Mackenzie mm-hmm. Milton, a couple of those mm-hmm. names, but they're all going to be gone after this year. It's just going to be DJ Uyunglele left, and he's going to guide this conference and, and probably be the face of the conference for the next two years. Well, do you think that because of having to come behind Trevor and now having the same Howell and Derek King in the mix, like that is why he's being overshadowed by the end of the day? Do you think this is going to be the year they steps out or kind of just rides the tide and really waits for his turn next year. Well, Sam Howell is the known quantity, right? He is one of the best freshmen the ACC has ever seen. And now he's got another chance to, to prove it in his junior season when he's getting the Heisman buzz. But yeah, I, I think that it's just the fact that there's not much of a sample size. Like we know what Derek King is. He's had a fantastic career, not only at Miami, but also at Houston. Mm-hmm. He's been in the spotlight before. Mackenzie Milton was fantastic at UCF. Uh, but DJ Uyunglele, you've seen a handful of games out of him and some garbage time. Mm-hmm. That is not something that really gives you the, the full scope of what he is as a quarterback. So in his case, he's going to finally get his team. He's going to get the reins to run that Clemson offense. And from there, that is when you're going to start to see him get a lot more buzz because listen, when you play on a team with Trevor Lawrence, you're not going to get any of the hype, any of the buzz that you're expecting to get. Um, So I'm looking forward to see what he can do this year. He's going to have some great weapons around him as well. I mean, that offensive line is always going to put you in a a position to win too. So I'm expecting a pretty, pretty good year out of him. And it would not shock me if at the end of the year, we're talking about him as the ACC player of the year. Listen, and I think it's interesting. I was on the radio yesterday and everyone was talking about UNC and Sam Howell, but one of the hosts made a comment about UNC and the fact that they always drop one that they shouldn't and or in their case, multiple that they shouldn't. And Sam Howell definitely is going to need that offensive line to step up. And of course, Sam Howell has looked great and he's delivered and he's put up numbers that, you know, all things considered with the offensive line that he has. I think there's more reason why if our healthy offensive line figures it out, he certainly could be the king of the castle. But Derrick King is not going anywhere. I think he has the most pressure on him this season only because he's coming back from injury. And everyone knew, we saw, he put the team on his back, you know, time and time again last season, especially, I cannot forget that NC State game where he literally carried the Hurricanes through. But, you know, knee injuries are knee injuries. And so having to come back and retrain and now having different things happening in his life. And we'll talk about the NIL here down towards the end of the show. But it's a lot of, going to be conversations like, is he focused? Is he dialed in? Is he ready to go? And that's the thing that I love about the the COVID year that everyone's getting, the, the extra year of eligibility, because we would not mm-hmm. be able to see Derek King. He'd go yeah. to the NFL at this point and, and, and in a quarterback draft like this one that we just saw, who knows where he ends up sliding to. And he's not the, the biggest guy either. Right. But I also think with a guy like Derek King, like everyone talks about is the U back, is the U back. I feel like this is kind of the guy that could, maybe not bring him back to to the college football playoff prominence, but you can get him knocking on the door or, or at least get him a little bit of buzz throughout the season because we haven't seen that great quarterback at the U and finally it looks like there's a guy who might have that capability in him. 
Yeah. And listen, there's another guy that I think a lot of people are sleeping on, Justin Ross, who's also battling with, you know, health stuff. And he certainly will help DJ in a lot of regards. And they might be a solid one-two punch that everyone's talking about, oh, well, without Trevor Lawrence, what will Clemson be? I don't think they're going to be hurting too bad. No, (laughs) I mean, it's not a rebuild ever at Clemson. It is always a reload. And that that is one of the rare things that you can find in college football. It's only the elite programs that have – the ability to do something like that. It's the Clemsons, it's the Alabamas, it's the Georgias. They have the ability that, okay, well, guess what? Now that we have a couple of receivers go to the NFL or graduate, guess who's stepping in? It's the next crop of five-star guys who have set out for a year or two. And in the case of Justin Ross, he's been a stud. He's yeah. been one of the best receivers Clemson has had the last during this little title stretch of contention that they've been in. So the fact that he had to miss last year with an injury was unfortunate, but this season I'm expecting as long as he's fully healthy and recovered, I'm expecting a big season out of Justin Ross and this entire Clemson offense. No doubt. And according to the college football network, the all ACC team also featured Deshaun Corbin from Florida state, Zonovan Knight from NC state, Zay Flowers from Boston college, Jaquari Roberson from Wake Forest, Braden Galloway from Clemson, Iki Ikwanu from NC state, Ben Petrula from Boston college, Alec Lindstrom from Boston college, Lysitis Smith jr. From Tech and Zion Johnson from Boston college. And listen, I have been saying Boston college is my sleep. Team and They're on the rise. <laughs> on the rise. For sure. They are clearly in here with some solid. I mean, listen, you got a solid O line. You got some solid core guys, and you're not sleeping on Mr. Phil. So yeah. I mean, I'm looking at Boston College. It, what Jeff Halfley has done recruiting wise is unbelievable. If you look at the the 2022 commits already, and, and again, 2022, not everyone's classes are filled out, but BC has done some damage in that yeah. department. And you look at the early going of the class that they've built right now, it's top 10 in the entire country. Actually, it just slipped outside the top 10, but it's 13th right now in the entire country, second in the conference, only behind Clemson. So you look at what has happened with this Boston College team, and it's not like, oh, you got a couple good guys here. No, you've loaded up with some top 500 guys. I mean, you look at some other programs across the ACC that should be on Boston College's tier Perennially, I think of Syracuse, Pitt. Those are some teams that it's like, okay, well, we're like in that same class as BC, Northeast, but they're not doing what BC is doing in recruiting right now. Not even yeah. close. Yeah. And it's a it's a big class right now. Um, I'm just eyeballing through. I have to take a, You've got 22 verbal commits right now for this mm-hmm. class of 2022. You look at some of these other schools, they're at no more than like six or seven right now. So what they've been able to do right now in the ACC and recruiting is fantastic. And by the way, a little bit of an error uh, by me, they're behind Florida State, not Clemson right now in the, yeah. the ACC rankings. Oh, good. But when you think about it, they remind me of Wake Forest, as I usually talk about them in basketball in terms of they were in a lot of games and then they just couldn't pull it out. Boston College was in a lot of games football wise, and it showed you that they were right there. They were on the cusp of something great. And I do think this is a breakout season. Of course, being in the Atlantic is no easy task when you've got to take down Clemson. But for a lot of, for a lot of years, everyone was like, well, you can't beat you know the NC States, the Boston, the Florida States of the world, and we don't respect you as much. But I think Boston College is going to sneak by a lot of teams that they probably didn't think otherwise. And the Atlantic to me is going to be a tougher side or division than the coastal this year. No doubt. And I look at it with 
with what BC has at the quarterback position, you've got sustainability there, a track record now of, of a guy who's had some success. And listen, sometimes you need to get punched in the mouth a couple of times before yeah. you finally get over the mountaintop. Right. And who knows, is this going to be a year where we see a, a BC upset over Clemson or something of that nature? They're going to get a couple big wins this year. I'd expect them to be competing for Clemson for that Atlantic title. And Hey, if everything falls right and maybe you do get that upset victory over Clemson, maybe you find yourself in that, uh, that ACC championship game. I'm not saying they're going to be knocking on the door of the college football playoff. Ultimately, I think it's bad for the conference. If Boston college is the one to emerge out of the Atlantic, (laughs) but that just means you're pulling yourself out of the the college football playoff conversation in all likelihood, because I don't think a, a one loss BC team would be the one that would be representing in the college football playoff. I just don't. Now, if it's an undefeated BC team, all right, maybe. I just don't think we're going to get to that point this year. I don't think Mm -hmm. that's the type of team BC has right now. But give it two, three years. If Jeff Halfley's still there, you never know. You never know. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, all these coaches come, they build up these programs, solid programs, and they go for, you know, quote-unquote, bigger and better. And I'm like, sometimes – you got to go where things are hot and, you know, you can have a right. long-term contract. Like you build it up. You can, you can sit yourself at right. Boston college for a good minute. Like what happens if Lincoln Riley finally takes that NFL job? One of the mm-hmm. first calls that's going to be made is Jeff Halfley. I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So his name's hot. And listen, if I'm Jeff Halfley, good, good luck turning down that Mad Libs <laughs> contract that Oklahoma is going to hand to you. Okay. Yeah. Where you get to fill in the dollars and years. So A hundred percent. Now, if you're looking to bet on any of our ACC football this fall, we encourage you to get bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports action. Baseball is in full swing. You got some NBA finals happening as we speak, and you can track all of that at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting new sign-up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in the game head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device you can download the app to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts so i'm here with locked on syracuse host tyler aki talking about our acc football preseason predictions and we know preseason is cool right but you never know until you get into the thick of things and of course We've got some conversation on the offensive side, but defense definitely has some dogs in that bad boy. Defensive player of the year, or he's already been picked, Brian Breesey from Clemson, another Clemson guy, which, you know, everyone's saying Clemson's going to have a down year. I just don't see it, but he is arguably one to be the best defensive tackle right after coming off what should be not his best year, but still, you know, worth saying that Clemson is <laughs> really athletic. They the guy are figuring out they're learning the schemes he has the NFL size he has the ability to get bigger and stronger so I think Brett Venables has yet another you know solid line coming for you know every title possible this season before I get into to Brian Breesey you brought up how Clemson everyone says oh it could be a down year I liken this to the Patriots, all right, and Tom Brady. I'll believe that the the king is dead when I see it, okay? I I have zero problem being last to that party, 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because listen, I mean, you talk about it. There, Brian Breesey, this is the number one recruit of the 2020 class. And he struggled a little bit, but he's like, if you look at some of his PFF numbers from a season ago, he's one of the best as a true freshman. Yeah. And it's unbelievable that Clemson can just get some of those guys in because you think about some of the other interior guys that they've had recently. I, I think of Christian Wilkins. Some of these guys have had to sit out for mm-hmm. a couple of years and learn behind the other studs that yeah. were ahead of them. And this guy was getting onto the field right away. And when you got six, five, 300 coming after you uh, as an interior lineman, like good luck. Good luck. And this is, this is a guy he's on the NFL path, obviously. I mean, he's not an edge rusher and we know how much the NFL values their edge rushers, but this is a guy who is tailor-made to be a top tier pick in the NFL. He's got the size, he's got the pedigree, he's got everything going for him. And then we just need to see the, the season where he really puts up numbers. And I think we're going to see that this year, next year with him. Mm, no doubt. And listen, I think at the end of the day, it's all about what nobody really wants to talk about, but I hope everyone's talking about at the ACC kickoff. Okay. Mr. Dabo Sweeney, you have Brian Breesey, right? You have DJ. And I'm really curious, are you're going to stay. Are you going to allow them to do some NIL work? Cause I know again, we're going to have that conversation soon, but listen, Clemson has not come out with any sort of like NIL program, what they're doing for their student athletes. You know, there haven't been a lot about that. But this is the same guy who you talking about, you know, the Patriots and Tom Brady's, what have you. It's the same guy who said, like, I would leave my post if student athletes started, I mean, if athletes, excuse me, started to get paid. So do you stay for guys like Brian Breesey or, you know, are you like, listen, don't worry about the money. It'll come on the back end. And you, you know, I've trained you up, but because of my situation, I'm not going to eat my, I am going to eat my words and I'm not going to coach anymore. So I'm curious to see how that all goes down. And what was that conversation from like three years ago, two years ago? It's one of those things where, it evolves, right? You obviously change your stance on things as they become nearer and closer and come to fruition, right? Yeah. So I'm not saying that's been the case with, with Dabo. Maybe he still has that stance that I, I will leave my post the day play, players get paid. But I think he was also thinking about that more from the stance of the ability for players just to almost be on salary as opposed to guys going out and using their name, image, and likeness. And maybe I'm wrong on that. Um, but <laughs> I, I just, listen, I cannot see that happening, right? Mm. Like eventually you put up with enough BS. So he, he will, I, I don't see him leaving his post. You I, see him I'm walking it back? To, to, I could, I could. <laughs> and I'm sure the next time he speaks, I don't know if he's spoken lately, but it will obviously get brought up to him. What are your thoughts on, on NIL? And I'd imagine he's, he's going to be well-prepared for what he's going to say, because listen, the Clemson PR people know that that quote is out there <laughs> from four or five years ago. Yeah. And they're going to be coaching him up on how to handle it. Maybe his stance has changed. Maybe it hasn't, but if he does not adapt, guess what? It, you're going to lose out on the the Brian Breeses of the world. And I look at it too. Listen, Clemson won the last rat race of college sports. The last rat race of college sports was the facilities. Mm-hmm. And Tim Leonard, my co-host on Locked on Syracuse, brought that up to me. And it says, you know what? That's a really good point. Because what was the thing that got recruits? It was these spaceship 
type facilities that we're you're seeing at Clemson and Alabama and LSU. Yeah. That's what you, that's what, that was the big draw. Now the next big draw, listen, the facilities are cool, but the really cool stuff now is going to be how much money can you make on the side? Absolutely. And that to me, whoever is way out ahead of that and has the next level coaching and support staff to help their athletes maximize their name, image, and likeness. That's the next big venture for these schools. And it's kind of all come into place really quickly, but whoever can adapt quickly is going to, are going to be the ones that are going to win a lot of key recruiting battles over these next five or so years. No doubt. And listen, when you talk about the all ACC team defensively, there certainly Clemson could have a whole defensive unit to get an NIL deal because they are not playing games between Brian Breesey, Tyler Davis, Miles Murphy, Balen Specter, Andrew Booth, and Nolan Turner Sr. It is just amazing to me how people talk about Clemson not being ready to go. But then you've got guys like Keechel Clark from Louisville, Joey Blunt from Virginia, Peyton Wilson from NC State, who's arguably one of my favorites, Servosier, Dennis from Pitt, and then you've got Amaro, Amari Barno from Virginia Tech rounding out the All-ACC team. There's still, again, how can you not get excited about the Atlantic Division this fall? I think everyone is going to have to figure out just how bad do they want it, how bad. And I think Clemson is beatable, right? At the end of the day, I personally think if there was ever a time to try and like get into Clemson's head, this is it because DJ is going to be questioning himself. Brett Vindemals definitely has a year where a lot of his guys have grown, but at the same time, like all everyone wants to get better. That Boston College team is going to try and annihilate them. And NC State, clearly they push out eight to nine wins a year. You know, Doran, he's not the most vocal coach in the world, but he's doing something over there and he's doing it right. Right. And you, you bring up with, uh, with Clemson. I mean, usually we see the defense get depleted by the NFL draft, right? Mm -hmm. But when you look at this last NFL draft, when you look at in the ACC, the most picks by school, if you want to include Notre Dame, they're number one at nine, but next is Pitt, And then after that, it's a tie with UNC and Clemson for five, only five guys going in the NFL draft. So it's not a total now. And everyone can come back if they wanted to. I, I I don't have the full list in front of me of guys who have chosen to come back versus mm-hmm. not uh, from the, the Clemson Tigers roster, but five feels really small for that yeah, team. And sure. I think that when you look at this, this Clemson roster, the, they had last year as an almost developmental year, right? And they still got to the college football playoff. <laughs> yeah. Like th- that's insane to me. And, and you can say it's, it's part of the the nature of the ACC, how maybe it was not as strong as last as it might be this year. And, and I agree with that. Listen, mm-hmm. I think that the ACC is going to be much stronger this year, offensively, defensively. You're going to have Heisman candidates again. It, this is a, a conference that's changing, but it needs to somehow maintain that that upper tier in terms of the college football landscape, because this conference can be better than the big 12. It can be better than the big 10. It can be better. I'm not going to say it's going to be better than the sec. Mm-hmm. It already is better than the, the pac 12 in my opinion, but I, I just think that it needs to start maintaining itself, sustaining the success as opposed to, okay, we're going to have the one year where Clemson's going to win it all. And okay. We're going to see Syracuse be a good team this year and pit another year and Boston college in two years. It needs to sustain the success now. 
Absolutely agree. Now, listen, if you guys are trying to look at, look for some good treats to help you get fit for this upcoming season, we know it's going to be a hardcore tailgating time now that we get back to get to be back together. I encourage you guys to try Built Bar available this week only. Get the new Built Bar flavor grasshopper cookie. What does it taste like? This is Built Bar's version of the classic thin mint cookie. All the flavor without all of the sugar. And I love me some thin Thin Mints, shout out to my Girl Scouts over there. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, only five grams of sugar. Did you know that Bill Bar has so many flavors? There's something special for everyone. My favorite flavor personally is mint brownie, clearly with the Thin Mint action. If you haven't heard, you got to try all the flavors. You can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. You even get to get your macros all together, amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get the Grasshopper Cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar for the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that awesome? It's totally dope. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off at Built.com. up today's show would be remiss if we did not talk about all of the fun NIL actions that we have seen so far. A lot of people were talking about the fact that they were, you know, a little worried about Title IX, whether women would get in on the action. But when I say these ladies from, you know, not just ACC schools, but around the country have got themselves some good deals, you love to see it. But our guy who has been the king of some deals, De'Eric King, has been cashing in on opportunities from, you know, certain deals that you're just like scratching your head. Like, how did he get that together at mid? night, but hey, he's gotten it done. And I'm certainly glad to see him taking advantage, especially considering his health and trying to figure out what his knee's going to be. Listen, if you don't have the career year that you want going into the NFL, at least you have some change in your pocket, right? So I'm all for those opportunities. And I think there needs to be an education that goes along with it as well. I almost would like to see the NCAA or the schools themselves kind of put together some sort of equivalent of a 401k for these kids. And I think something like that, there obviously needs to be education programs behind it too. Anyone that signs an NIL deal has to take class X, Y, and Z with Mm -hmm. it too, because listen, it's nice to have a couple grand in your pocket now, but that couple grand can go a long way down the road too, if you save it right and use it right. Now, what De'Eric King was do is doing right now with he, again, he's one of those players who right off the bat cashed in like three deals on, on that July 1st. And I, I think the fact that he has come out and said, I am going to share all the money I get from these deals among my teammates, because I know some of them have to help out and send money back home. I think what he is doing puts him if they had the the Walter Payton man of the year award mm. for for mm-hmm. at the college equivalent this kid is is in the driver's seat right now and i don't know if anyone's going to catch him with what yeah. he is doing with this because to me this is one of the most selfless things and that's a leader you talk about quarterbacks right because quarterbacks when you when you think about position groups across sports in college sports, the quarterback is obviously going to make the most money out of all of these. Yeah. When you look at the the average net from from each program, and the fact that the quarterback says, "I'm going to spread the wealth here," that's a leader in the room. That's a leader not just in the locker room, but in the room of life as well. 
And to see him go out and do this, I mean, it was one of the best things that I saw on whatever day it came out, like July 2nd, July 3rd, when he came out and said he was going to do that. And I mean, to see him do that was, was one of the best things we might see in sports for the entire year. And I think it's crazy though. Like ultimately I hate that he has to do this. Like he's being the adult in the situation when there's plenty right. of people that probably could have had this thing going for a minute. Cause there was the argument, right. That of course is going to be conflict in the locker room because people aren't getting the same amount of money and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Hey, welcome to capitalism. That's the way the world works. Like they're just learning it a couple right. years earlier than the rest of us. Right. And so I'm and just, I think, I, go ahead. And I think uh, Michael jr. Mm-hmm. laid it out pretty nicely. He said, for anyone who thought that this was going to tear apart locker rooms, you, locker rooms have people from all different backgrounds. Yeah. All right. Locker rooms have people with mommy and daddy's credit card. Locker rooms also have people who come from dire poverty as well. Yeah. And it did not necessarily tear up locker rooms in the past. And, and Golik Jr. said, when I was at Notre Dame, listen, I, I was from the well, I was on the well-off side of things in that locker room, but there were also other teammates who were not and didn't, didn't tear apart the locker room then. And I wouldn't expect it to tear apart locker rooms now per se. And when you've got a guy like De'Ara King as your leader doing something like this, I'd expect to have still a very, very strong bond and chemistry within that locker room. This I think strengthens it, but I don't think it's going to necessarily tear apart locker rooms. Yeah. And I think that it's also just like the way of the times people are trying to adjust to the fact that, you know, guys are more mature than we give them credit for. Right. Like we assume that everything's going right. to go to crap. And it's like, that's not the issue. I will say, I do agree with your first point about getting education, whether it's a 401k or them just figuring out how to work their money. Because I had a friend who works in college athletics who had a player reach out to him and literally say, like, where's my money? <laughs> And he was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you know, you guys took a video of me today during practice. Like, where's my money? And he was dead serious. And, you know, I want kids to know, like, the fine print that you read when you sign your natural letters of intent and, like, you sign those first weeks of freshman year and you have to sign all of those documents about how we can use your photos and blah, blah, blah. That's not what you get paid for, right? <laughs> like, this is your own deals that you make. And as simple as, like, wild as that story is, I'm sure that's not the first case, right, where people are just like, oh, well, now, you know, I asked for an autograph. I need $40 up front. Like, those type of situations, yes, ask for the $40. But when it comes to your school and university, yeah, no. So I just I just want the education to be there so people don't get their feelings hurt. Right. <laughs> there needs to be, because again, I, I have, you didn't preface me on the fact that you were bringing up that story, but when you started telling that, I was like, what? Like, <laughs> you're at practice. Like, yeah. You don't get paid for showing up to practice. That's not how this works. No, it but, happened, but it's a very true story. And I, I'm just thinking about it because I was just like reading through some of my notes and my friend, he definitely, it was, it's a very true story, but it was just one of those things where I was flabbergasted when I was like, is this guy, is the student athlete serious? And I'm, I'm upset because he is serious. And that lets me know that he does not know how this works. Right. And that's where the education comes in. Yeah. There needs to be something in place for these kids because not all of them understand fully what this is mm-hmm. and, and how maybe to maximize it for themselves either. You can't go blow for blow with your school on something yeah. like that. You're not going to get paid anytime they tweet a video out of you. Yeah. All right. That's not how this works. 
Now, if the videos start to get sponsored and the school starts making money off of them, then maybe you can negotiate a little bit of a cut. But right. I just don't see that ever happening per se. I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm still like in shock. I, I'm getting like some <laughs> shell shock from, from that story because these, if, if that's the the level we're starting at with education for for some of these athletes, then we, we've got a long way to go in the education yes. department for this <laughs> entire new concept. A hundred percent. And I just look at it. It's like, it's funny, but it's like sad because that probably is not, won't be the first story we hear. But again, education is so critical. Well, Tyler, I appreciate your time and I appreciate your insight as always. Can you please remind folks of where they can find you of all your work? Yeah, you can check us out every single weekday, Locked on Syracuse. And you can find our Twitter account at LO underscore Syracuse and myself at Tyler, AKI underscore. No doubt. And if you it missed any of the show, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. You can get on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss a thing. You can also hear Locked On Today podcast host Peter Bukowski hosts the Locked On Today podcast, giving you all the latest news and up-to-date stuff on all the major sporting events, talking about Bucks, NBA action, some of our former ACC alumni in that bad boy holding it down game one. Shout out to the Suns. You can hear all of that wherever you get podcasts. For Tyler, Aki, and Candace Cooper, we hope you guys have a great rest of your week and until next time. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 